0: Hi, you're listening to the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for taking charge of your health, and I'm your host, Dr. Madge. School is officially back in fall session, and that means our children return to the germ breeding ground. You've likely already experienced one, two, or even three bugs in your household by now since September. It's a rite of passage of sorts. There's no escaping it. Sorry. I have two rambunctious five-year-old identical twin girls, too, who take turns spreading the germs in our family, so I completely empathize, believe me. Like us, you and your family have likely already been plagued this season with the common cold virus, or the flu virus, or possibly even pink eye, or whooping cough, which is a current epidemic in many parts of the country. All are previously covered House Call Doctor topics, but there are other bugs in the kingdom— and one in particular that can make our skin crawl, no pun intended, head lice. A five-year-old spunky little girl was brought in by dad for possible head lice to my clinic. The school nurse had called the parents and asked them to pick her up right away when the teacher spotted nits in her hair after finding her scratching away at her scalp. I want to go back to school, she says with excitement and fervor in my office. She tells me that she loves school because she gets to learn new things. It's hard to keep enthusiasm contained at home. Should she stay home or go back to school? Dad is frustrated as he had to take off from work to tend to this issue. The school will not allow her to return until she's been treated. The nits have been eradicated and a note to provide proof of this visit for the school. That's quite a tall order. After all, head lice doesn't kill. There's no long-term health effects. Let's compare that to the flu, which kills up to 50,000 people in the U.S. alone. Strict rules as such do not exist for the flu or other more serious illnesses when they really should. So that's some perspective. Does this sound familiar? Well, many of you with kids have surely experienced a similar scenario. Let's learn the real scoop on headlights from a doctor's perspective. But first, just a short word from our sponsor that truly makes the House Call Doctor podcast possible. Health IQ is an insurance company that helps health-conscious people get special life insurance rates. So they use science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people, including runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and more. 56% 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4 to 33% on their life insurance. Like saving money by being a good driver, Health IQ gets you lower rates on life insurance for living a health-conscious style. After all, physically active people have a 34% lower risk of all-cause mortality, 56% lower risk of heart disease, and 22% decrease in cancer mortality compared to people who remain inactive. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com doctor. That's healthiq.com doctor to get your free quote. So what is head lice anyways? Pediculosis capitis is the fancy medical term that's used to refer to head lice. No, you don't need to memorize that one. It's caused by the louse pediculus humanus capitis, which lays up to 10 eggs or nits, we call them, a day. At the base of the hair shaft. Contrary to belief, they are transmitted via direct contact with the lice or nits. Head lice does not jump like fleas or fly like bees. Simply sitting next to another child at school is not a common mode of transmission. It's not nearly as contagious as you might think compared to, let's say, the flu virus, measles, or chickenpox, all viruses with the potential for significant complications. They can also theoretically be transmitted via sharing combs, brushes, hats, or bedding, but solid evidence to back up these claims are still lacking thus far. Kids are particularly susceptible, but it can affect anyone regardless of age, sex, and socioeconomic status. Hygiene is irrelevant. Anyone can contract head lice if they are exposed. End of story. Head lice is best visualized using a fine tooth comb while inspecting the base where hair meets the scalp. Live lice and nits are often visible to the naked eye. The lice are two to three millimeters in length, tiny, and are often white, gray, or less commonly darker in color. No special tests are really required for the diagnosis, though. Your doctor really should be able to diagnose this simply based on the exam. So, how can we get rid of head lice? Well, believe it or not, eradicating them is not typically complicated and certainly more efficient than the common cold or flu viruses. One of my personal responsibilities as the house call doctor is to interpret medical jargon and information in order to better inform my listeners so that you are equipped with the best evidence-based medicine. And I take that very seriously. Like the super overhyped pink eye, head lice is up there with being one of the most stigmatized yet- rather benign infectious processes. As I've shared with all of you prior, sometimes these more benign medical conditions are blown up way out of proportion in the media and within the community. Sure, head lice sounds gross, especially because they can be physically visualized, unlike microscopic bacteria and viruses. But there are many more ominous and more common bugs out there to be worried about than head lice. But by all means, don't ignore it either. So here are the top ways to treat head lice. Number one, topical permethrin. Believe it or not, treatment for head lice is available over the counter. Ask your pharmacist to show you the appropriate OTC formulas. Instead of applying it in the shower, use the sink in order to avoid exposure elsewhere. Permethrin should be the main active ingredient. And do not use any hair products like shampoos or conditioners prior to the application of the solution apply to dry hair and leave on for a minimum of 10 minutes, then rinse, and then repeat it in one week. This usually works for most people. Number two, oral medications. If it doesn't work and the treatment fails, which is often due to re-exposure or improper use, there are oral prescription drugs available to treat head lice. Examples include malthione and ivermectin. They do carry some notable, less desirable side effects, however, so they are not first line. Number three, the generic antibiotic, Bactrim or SEPTRA, is an affordable and perhaps most effective option for more resistant head lice. It's contraindicated in those with sulfa allergies, however. Number four, last but not least, wet combing. Well, for those who wish to avoid medicated solutions, This is an option. Apply olive oil, vinegar, or hair conditioner and slow comb through using a fine-tooth comb. Repeat numerous times, up to 30 minutes minimum. And repeat for every three to four days until your last visible knit sighting. And this may be rather time-consuming for older kids, but a possible consideration in younger children with less hair. So when do we return to school? similar to pink eye where schools erroneously require a doctor's note and antibiotic drops, my goodness, despite the fact that pink eye is a virus, in order to return to school, those with head lice are often advised by schools to return to school once the NITs are no longer visible. Well, the Center for Disease Control, or CDC, and the American Academy of Pediatrics, or AFP, both agree that the no-NIT school policies should be eradicated. Kids should not be kept from attending school for having nits in their hair. Head lice is not a health hazard, and it requires direct contact with the hair and scalp in order for transmission to occur. So the bottom, bottom line. First of all, head lice do not pose adverse long-term effects or health complications, other than possible short-term psychological distress and anxiety from societal pressures and overhype. Also, it doesn't mean your child is dirty. No, please. Personal hygiene is not a factor in contracting head lice. Anyone can get it. And lastly, first-line treatment is readily available, typically effective, is over-the-counter and doesn't require a doctor's visit. In a nutshell, the only reason to see your doctor may be due to uncertainty around the diagnosis or, unfortunately, more often due to a school requirement contributing to unnecessary Missed school days, missed work days, and wages. So let's halt the propagation of archaic medical practices and protocols in schools. It's time that we dispel common medical myths and revise clearly outdated school policies that cause more harm than good. Share your ideas and learn more quick and dirty tips with us on the House Call Doctors Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest pages. And if you learned anything here today, Or if you just simply enjoy all things medical, you can also listen and subscribe to the House Call Doctor podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. But please note that all content here is strictly for informational purposes only. It doesn't substitute any medical advice, and it doesn't replace any medical judgment or reasoning by your own personal health provider. So please always seek a licensed physician, in your area regarding all health-related questions and issues. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of The House Call Doctor. Stay healthy and catch you next time.